This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Guess what it is, Jimbo? What is today of all days? Friday! Free-for-all Friday! That means it's free-for-all Friday here on 680 CJOB. The Winnipeg Jets in the middle of their preseason game number four going tonight. Now, if you're going to be tuning in to listen to the Jets game, you might be saying, where is it? Why am I listening to the uh, uh, the the sultry tones of one Derek Taylor right here on 680 CJB with his partner in crime, Doug Brown? Well, it's because it's the Blue Bomber game. The pregame show starts at 5. The kickoff is at 7. Uh, and we are going to be carrying the Blue Bomber game right here on 680 CJOB. If you want to listen to the Jets preseason game tonight, it's going to be on 97.5 on your FM dial. It's going to be on Power 97. The pregame show for that one starts at 4 with puck drop at 6. Okay, that house cleaning out of the way. There you go, house cleaning. By the way, you it's mentioned Doug Friday. Brown. It's his birthday today. Wow. So happy birthday, birthday, Doug Brown. 59 years young. That's not true. <laughs> my my wife, yes, we, were, we were talking about, about Doug Brown. She, she, my wife's like, he's what he's got to be like in his late 40s now. And I'm like, I don't think so. I'll tell you what, I was at the Manitoba Football Hall of Fame dinner on Wednesday. Doug Brown was there at our table. And Doug Doug hasn't aged. Like, and, and no, I, I don't want to disrespect. I'm not going to name any names, but there's like a ton of ex-bombers there. I mean, he could play today. I fully agree with that. I, I, he is in, I mean, he's not as, this is not meant to sound implied. He's not yeah. as heavy. Like he, like they all do. I saw Steve Morley, the former old lineman there too. Steve Morley looks like Michael Phelps. <laughs> I mean, these old yeah. linemen, Glenn January, I saw a couple of weeks ago here in our building. And like, as soon as they retire, they just drop weight. Right. Yeah. But, and, and I should say Steve cycles all the time. He's in great shape. Glenn January is in great shape and Doug Brown is in phenomenal shape. So I that, say 59 cause it's funny cause he looks 29 and people walking around the banquet were like, are you still playing or what's <laughs> well, that's, that's my, he point. doesn't age, but like my wife's, he's got to be in his late forties. And I was like, no, <laughs> he is. he's got to be like what? 40, 41 or something. He just passed that cusp. He's only been retired for like what? Five, six years or he's something. 73. I was thinking he's been retired for over 10 years. Oh my God. That's the other thing I, I, always forget but it was good to see him happy birthday doug will be listening tonight but um yeah he could uh he's he's aged well but then he always looks at me and he says well i eat well and work out what do you do i don't do any of that <laughs> it's a simple formula when you bust it but down i'm gonna to start i'm gonna start hey, getting hey, back at the it diet starts tomorrow that's Our right diet starts tomorrow working out Gonna go back. I'm back at the Winnipeg Winter Club. I'm gonna start crushing it. I'm gonna get in that pool because Doug swims. He swears by the swimming. In the in the words of SpongeBob SquarePants, this working out thing isn't working out. <laughs> we should chat. We should go on a Doug Brown challenge. You and I take a year and just see what we look like after. Okay. Well, I don't think I don't think I could be more disappointed. And we'll start like next year, not this year. Yeah. Let's give it a year or two, and then when we're really bored, we'll do it. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Full lines are open, hey, if you want to give us a call. We'll talk for free-for-all Friday. Um, yeah, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, here's the lineup tonight from the Jets' side, going up against uh, a much more NHL-experienced lineup. Tim Stutzla is going to be uh, playing tonight. Thomas Shabbat, Claude Giroux, 
Um, uh, uh, Jacob Chikrin is going to be in there. So obviously a much more experienced group uh, than the Winnipeg Jets are going to be sending out there who had a combined 322 NHL games of experience combined the whole group uh, last year. Uh, Jansen Harkins, David Gustafson, Dominic Toninato, uh, Jeffrey Veal, um, Morgan Barron, uh, Daniel Torgerson, Brad Lambert, Chaz Lucius, uh, Jeff Malott, Axel Janssen, Fialbi, Parker Ford, and Christian Reichel are going to be your forwards. Avili Hainala getting another shot out there, as is Elias Solomonson, Logan Stanley, uh, Dean Stewart, Declan Chisholm, uh, Simon Lundmark. Um, and then in goal, Laurent Brassois is going to be starting things off, and then Colin Delia is going to be uh, jumping in there. Um, I mean, last chance, Jim, for these guys to, to make an impression to the coaching staff. Yes, it is last chance. It is, um, for some of these guys, a last chance to impress for other guys like Ville Hainola, who played 28 minutes against the Calgary Flames. Um, he's going to get another chance to showcase. But yes, I would presume with two preseason games after this one, one in Calgary on Monday, one back here on Thursday against the Senators again, this is when the veterans are going to come back into it. So for a lot of these guys, it's their last time to make the impression. I don't think any of these guys have a chance of making the team tonight or throughout training camp. But what it does is, and we've heard this for years with Paul Maurice, put something in my mind that come February when we're three injuries in, I think of you right away. Yeah, that's that's the whole point of this. And that, I mean, that's what Parker Ford. Yes, I mean, he's Parker leading, Ford, this, exactly. This, this is the exact situation that Parker Ford wanted to put himself in because he's going to be starting this season with the Moose. Um, but when he, but when an injury happens, and it will happen, it'll be a situation like Mikey Asimon, right? Michael Asimon. It, it'll be like that. It's like, all right, who do we need to fill this yeah. gap? Parker Ford, you're going to jump in there. You know what? And I forgot about that till Paul Edmonds put in the his Jets report last week, but we always focus on Johnny Kovacevic, but Mikey Asimont is another guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, San Jose picks him up, fair enough, on waivers. San Jose could use anybody at the time. But when they flip him to Tampa Bay and he contributes, like that's – that's a that's a loss to the organization. And it's one that like people blame the organization. I don't. Like you can only fit so many of these guys in. I think it's more of an attribution to the organization to lose guys like Kovacevic and Isimon on the waiver wire because you found these guys. So Parker Ford's a prime example that, you know what he's done it already, I think, mm-hmm. but if he does it again tonight, it's just real easy that two months in Two injuries on the fourth line. They're like, you know, we need an energy guy and let's give him a shot. Yeah, he doesn't need to go out there and, and produce. I don't even think tonight. I think he just needs to go out there and do what he's been doing uh, over the last uh, couple of games that he's gotten in here. This one from Robert, Free For All Friday, 204-780-6868. I should mention Ross Levitan, Locked On, Senators podcast co-host. He's going to be joining us after 1230 to talk about the game coming up. And, of course, lots of news of the ownership uh, being announced, uh, a new president of Hockey Ops, Steve Stales being named in Ottawa. So we'll, we'll, it, it all comes together pretty uh, pretty well for us here, Ross. By the way, Ross told me that on Monday he said this was going to happen with Stales. He knew? Yeah, he said, this is what I'm hearing. And so I was what like, how do hearing? you know? And he's like, do you know who I am? And I'm like, oh, yeah. oh God. He's he's up to date on the he knows he knows the senators moves before the senators do. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, he's going to be joining us after 1230. We've got a lot of time for your guys' text message. Just one from Robert. He says, hey, Cam and Jim, Robert here. I'm wondering what is going to happen with Harkins, Jansen Harkins. That one from Robert scored last game. Yeah, I, I wonder too, because like now he's in tough because this bottom six has some. Here's the thing with Jansen Harkins. I like everything about him, but he's got to produce. He's he's that proverbial, um, you know, he's a, should be a top six, top nine guy. Can he do everything in the in the bottom? Yeah, but 
Um, he's got some skill. He had, he had an exceptional year with the Moose last year. And I'll hearken back to the interview in the pregame that Paul Edmonds did with Jansen Harkins on our last broadcast on Wednesday before the Flames. Great one-on-one with him. He's going into a contract year. He's got his contract uh, runs out at the end of this year. He talked about going down last year. He talked about wanting to be here with the Jets past this year, but he also wants to be on a team that contributes. So you sort of you know work on your game and hope it fits into what the team wants and needs. I just think he's a depth guy. I think he'll be going down to the moose, and I think he might get a call back up once in a while. But I think if not with this organization, he will catch on with another team. It just um, they're pretty yeah. deep at at what the what he sort of brings. They're real deep that way. Like he's not going to crack this top six. No. So then you look at the third line. It, I, um, as as offensively better as he could be than some of the guys on the third line. He's not as good as of a defender, two hundred foot player. And I know that sounds like I'm knocking him. I'm not. He's a really good all round player that there's just not room for. Yeah. I mean that's the situation. He can score at the AHL level consistently. He hasn't been able. No one's expecting him to go out there and put out fifty points. But he's got to be a guy that hits 30. He's got to get 12 goals. He's got to yeah. find that. He's got to find and that. And he was great about that. Like, he was great about how he basically, I think we all thought he was going to be on the team last year. And then Rick Bonus's coaching regime took over and they mm. cut him at a training camp. And he he was talking about that and how he went, he went down and still had a great year. Like, and, you know, you don't plan it this way, but when guys like that go down and have the season that Jansen Harkins had with the A, it really opens the eyes of the Ville Hainolas and the other guys that think they should be on the roster and aren't and how they handle it when they go down. I think Jansen Harkins handled it uh, really well. Yeah, uh, this text here, George texts the show 204-780-6868, time for one more. He says, afternoon, Cam and Jim. I'm wondering what the chances would be for Parker Ford being a part of this team in the future, and I wonder what you thought of his performance so far. Thanks. Well, we kind of already answered that one uh, over the course of of this conversation. He's going to start with the Moose. Uh, He is on an entry-level contract. He played eight, eight games with the Moose last year, so he's got two years left on his ELC. Um, he was a guy that the that the Jets were high on and constantly speaking to in his, in his time over at Providence in NCAA, um, and they developed a relationship with him. And so far, uh, it's been it's been doing. I mean, it, it's been working out. I mean, it's there's always sort of a one guy in training camp, Jim, that sort of starts to elevate themselves and is kind of that guy, like, oh, I, I never heard about him, and that's who Parker Ford. That's who he is. Um, so do I think he's going to be a part of the future of this team? Absolutely. I do. He's on an ELC right now. Uh, he's going to be, if he's going to bring energy and, and, and bring it up here, but I, I just hold people's like, I just want like temper people's expectations. You know, you're hearing the Brandon Tanev comparison and all that sort of thing. He's got a long way to go to become Brandon Tanev and he's got a lot of time left to develop. And I don't think the Winnipeg Jets are interested in rushing him. And I think they're really high on his training camp so far. Yeah, and the sad part about it is I get, well, it's not sad. It's just the way it works. You can find Brandon Tanev's. You can, they find Mickey, Mikey Acemont after yeah. Brandon Tanev. After Mikey Acemont, they found Parker Ford. Mm-hmm. Like, you like these guys. You love them. They're quality guys. If an opportunity arises, they can make themselves into regulars. And if that opportunity doesn't arise, it it goes the way it goes. But um, like, it, I don't want to say easy to find, but they are more available than like a top six player or somebody that can fit in doing something else. Yeah, if you're if you're excited about Parker Ford, all the power to you. But don't expect him to be cracking the Winnipeg Jets lineup here. I mean, he's got two years with yeah, the Moose. Yeah, he's, he's going to be a Moose player for for a while. Yeah, I believe at least. Two. But look, Cam, I. Also- I also think three, two to three injuries in, 
they might bring him up for a game. I agree with and, that. And it, like two months from now also, he's got to continue this at the AHL level, which I don't see why he wouldn't. But, I mean, how many of these guys is this organization found now, right? Brandon Tanev out of Providence College. Mm-hmm. Then Mikey Asimon came out of nowhere. Yeah. And then now Parker Ford, they signed last year. I remember when he was signed. And I'm yeah. like, I remember looking at his resume undrafted and going, have they found another? Yes. And now today you can say, yes, they have. Yeah. They got another. And uh, that's Craig Heisinger. Yeah, oh, yeah. Craig Heisinger. He he found Kevin Bieksa the same way. Um, he's the one who found Tanev. Um, that's, that's Craig Heisinger. I, I, I don't know that for a fact he's a guy, but that's the history of my time covering the moose and then into the jets. Craig Heisinger goes and he finds these guys that come out of college that, you know, are his style and his kind of a player. Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. Um, Ross Levitan again will join us after the 1230 news. We'll do continue to go around the league. Got some great text messages I want to get to. Um, but I also have a little golden tidbit for you, Jim, coming up after the uh, the sports minute in 1225. Who is the most hated team in the NHL and who is the least hated? Where do the Jets well, sit, Well, we could Matt? very easily, if it was my list, it would. Well, there's one team at the very top, and it's if you're listening to the show ever, you know exactly who it is. But we'll talk about that when we come back. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Oh, you kid, Skyler, you kid. Oh. I know it, it's true, but come He's got on. a little extra pep in his step last night. The Jays put up six runs. I didn't know they could score. Now, over the last three games, that's two runs a game. You know, we were saying, we were talking about this, uh, Jim, and I 100% believe this. And this is why when the Jays were struggling a, a, a month ago, I was I was hesitant to say that they were going to fall or not. Because the amount of games that the Astros and Texas and Seattle played against each other uh, being uh, AL West you know, competitors, um, rivals, and then so many games against each other that I was just, I was, con- it was like the Jays literally would have to lose almost every single game to not find themselves in the playoffs. And they almost did. Well, sometimes the schedule works out. And yeah. a week ago, there was a, a, a Sunday, uh, I think it was a week ago. So there's two weeks left in the season and the Astros, the Mariners and the Rangers all won. And it was the last day in the regular season with two weeks to go that they could all do that because they were all playing each other mm-hmm. at one point or the other. And now it comes down to Texas is in Seattle. Seattle has a walk-off last night come from behind win in the ninth. Astros are in Arizona. They were off yesterday. And then Tampa Bay is hosting the Jays. So, I mean, the Jays are still sitting pretty. They need one win and one loss from either the Strohs or the Rangers yeah. and they're in. So I still think the Jays have a great shot to get in. But if they lose... Like, if they lose tonight, the next two games on the weekend are high pressure against a team called Tampa Bay. And the However, co- they've got a good record against Tampa Bay, and I don't know about, like, maybe they might be doing the Dinwiddie load management like the Argos are tonight. <laughs> and, I mean, they're well in the playoffs, the race, so who knows how many people well, are going to play and how long pitchers are going to go. And My Cubs, they gotta, they got to take all. they got to take all three from Milwaukee and hope that – the Marlins fall apart here, anyways. Let's not even get into it. But uh, well, we is- got this going on this weekend. We got the Barmers Argos. We got the Jets and the Senators. Oh yeah. We got Ross the Boss telling me Steos is going to be taken over a director of hockey ops five days before it happened. You know that's why we bring him on here, Ross Levitan, Locked On Senators podcast co-host. Ross, how you doing? Oh, it's a pleasure to be on with you, fellas. How are we doing today? Excellent. How are you? You got a little I'm jump in well. your jump in your step too today. You sound extra excited. 
Yeah, yeah, got uh, got to see Morgan Wallen last night, so feeling good today. Just watched the uh, the Steve Steos press conference and looking forward to uh, being on with uh, with Kelly Moore tonight on the broadcast. So we're gonna have some fun for sure. Yeah, you're gonna be on there. Power ninety seven pregame starting at four. I know Ross is gonna be uh, he's he's the Robin to Kelly Moore's Batman. Yeah, and Morgan Wallen's the, the I'm on a end gate with a Dixie cup. I'm drunk and I love you, mom. It's that guy. <laughs> That's all you're going to get. Sorry, my stepson and partner went to the show. They're both huge Wallen fans, and that's what I say at home all the time. And they're just like, you're so ignorant to the talents of Morgan Wallen. Yeah, you are. You yeah, are. I, I am. would say the same I thing. I actually like him. He's a good, good artist. Um, so this is, I mean, it's pretty exciting. There's been a flurry of decisions here uh, for this uh, Senators before we get into the game tonight and, and the rosters and stuff like that. I mean, how are you personally feeling about the Senators, new ownership, new president of hockey ops, you know, there's contracts getting thrown all over the place here. How are you feeling about the sense? Well, I'm going to rewind it a couple of years. It was like kind of the darkest days of COVID. And every time 32 thoughts would come out the blog there by like Friedman, it's like, you know what? The Sens are looking for a president of hockey ops. They're looking. And then all of a sudden it's like, ah, you know what? Never mind. And then they hired Pierre Maguire to be assistant GM. So that was a bit of a plunk from, from that. So now with new ownership and not only that, but like they, these two have a relationship too. Steve Steos was the general manager and president of the Hamilton Bulldogs where Michael Anlauer was the, uh, the owner. So these two go way back. They won a couple championships together. So Anything to bring in a little more um, robust was the word that Ann Lauer used today into the hockey ops department. It's just welcome to have more of a sounding board because it was a pretty bare bones operation. So um, I think fans are kind of, you know, they're, they're two feet in on that, but, uh, and, and I'm sure we'll get to it with some of the lineups. There's a placeholder at center where we're hoping Shane Pinto ends up, but they've got about $5 in cap space. So uh, I don't know how they're going to maneuver around that, but that's kind of the big storyline right now in training camp. But that's the part of this that's interesting to me with the new ownership is Pierre Dorian's there. I'm a big proponent of director of hockey ops. I, I, hockey ops. I really am. I wonder often if the Jets could use somebody like that, and that's no disrespect to Kevin Dayoff, yeah. Larry Simmons, Craig Heisinger, and their brass. I just kind of like the, it, it, the idea of it. Um, and so there's, it's kind of interesting too. Like I, I think Steve Steos is a great choice. I think he's done well with his hockey career after uh, the on ice portion, Ross, but it is kind of also eyebrow raising, right? You have longtime Pierre Dorian, you get a new owner and then in comes a director of hockey ops that may, you know, I'm sure Pierre Dorian's open to it, but it just adds another wrinkle to the fold, right? With new ownership. Yeah, no doubt. And well, I mean, uh, to bring it back to Morgan wall and he sang seven summers last night, and uh, while my wife was saying, I was like, geez, that's the last time the Sens made the playoffs was seven summers ago. So <laughs> they, they, need, they need to figure it out here. What are you doing quick. to her? You're poisoning her with this nonsense too? Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's oh, got to yeah. listen to this? <laughs> no, so so Ross, Ross ran home and, and wrote a beautiful song about the Jets' tenure here in Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, no, but all, all jokes aside, uh, no, you're right. The more the merrier when it comes to that and collaborating. They just hired their first full-time analytics employee who guess what works for the Hamilton Bulldogs so they're really bringing the band back together from mm. that 2018 and 2022 Memorial Cup champions so um, yeah in in junior hockey you go through waves right you kind of have your, your kids grow up then you get high draft picks but for them to build two championship teams in a span of four years I mean 
they had to have been doing something right. So, yeah, the more the merrier. And kind of a fun fact for uh, for Jets fans is that Rick Bonus's son, Ryan, is also one of the assistant general managers in town as well. But kind of awkward today, fellas, I will say. They had Ann Lauer and Steve Stales up there and Pierre Dorian. Questions came in. One question for Pierre Dorian out of 12. He was just <laughs> sitting there with kind of a puzzled look on his face. Well, maybe he'll embrace it because he's been front and center for so long that if if Steos is Steos is asked, answering all the questions, maybe Dorian will be like, "All right, well, this is good." But I mean, it's just look. I I I know the, when Ottawa was in town last year, I had some conversations with some people in the organization, and they said, you know, everybody's a little nervous, but just for the simple fact, and the only reason is when there's new ownership, you never know. Um, but the fact that they're adding as opposed to detracting, I, I think, is a good thing. Look, Ross, this roster tonight for the Jets and, and the Sens, it is what it is. We can read into that, and you'll be on the pregame show with Kelly to, to delve into it a little bit more. I want to talk overall, though. Like, I'm listening, watching, and as I've told you, I, I really like what the Senators were doing even two years ago and, and going into this year. But a lot of the insiders, like Craig Button and everybody else, are, are saying, like, it's playoffs or bust for this Sens team. Can they make the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, no excuses is kind of the slogan I've been having for this team, and um, what, what Ann Lauer and Steve Stales, I think they said it 10 times today, is they want to be best in class. And, um, I mean, to do that, you have to be a sustainable franchise and one that wants to win. And, uh, I mean, tonight, Jets fans are going to kind of see the bulk of, of what this Senators team is. Now, uh, there was a photo this morning. If anyone goes online, you can find it. Brady Kachuk took a high stick. He, he looks like one of those, like, 1950s before helmets where, uh, it's a pretty bad gash. Not quite Morgan Barron level, but um, so he won't be playing tonight. And um, Josh Norris still kind of easing his way back from uh, from a, a re-aggravation of a shoulder injury, which is a huge question mark uh, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, we're, we're going to see the top four on the back end tonight. And that's the first time these four will be playing together. Uh, a lot of injuries last season, but be it Jacob Chicker and be it Thomas Shabbat at the end of last season. So those two will get a chance, but yeah, it really is no excuses. Like they've got the top end talent. They've got Timmy Superstar up there with Tim Stutzla leading the charge. You've added your kind of legitimacy veteran addition in Claude Giroux that can still play. There really is no reason, and people can say what they want about the Atlantic. I certainly uh, audibly gasped yesterday when I heard Andre Vasilevsky is going to miss the, the first two months of the season because that to me just cracks the door even even wider that. Uh, a strong start, Ottawa hosts Tampa twice in the first 10 games of the season. That could really kind of set the tone for what they're going to do because November's been their Achilles heel. Yeah. The most wins they've had in the first 20 games in the last four years is uh, is eight. So you're not going to win when you're when you're running from behind from that early on. Yeah, I pulled their record uh, over November over the last couple of years. I won't even read it to you because I think you're it's exactly... so bad. I know, it's and then that, so that's bad. what's killed them. And then they've been playing from behind the whole time. You could and- write a country song about it. Yeah, you could. Okay. Ross Levitate, have a great have a great Is time. Is anybody picking these up? Like I'm giving gold here. No, Jim, just... I'm just trying to ignore it. Oh. Uh, Ross, thanks so much. Have a great time in the pregame show today on Power 97. Starts at 4 o'clock. Puck drop at 6 on Power 97. Thanks, Ross. Take care, okay? Cheers, fellas. Have a great weekend. Thanks, right. Ross. Look forward to hearing you on the pregame. <laughs> Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. Hey, free for all Friday. Got some great text messages from from some of you guys. Uh, we can always add more. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Uh, how does Axel Fialbi make the team and not Harkins? That from one texture. We'll give you our answers when we come back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.
for all Friday, free for all Friday here, 204-780-6868. Get your text messages in, get your questions in, 204-780-6868. Pick up the phone, too, if you are so inclined. Axel Janssen-Fialbi, Jansen Harkins are both going to be playing tonight when the Winnipeg Jets take on the Senators in their fourth preseason game. This texture says, why does Axel Fialbi make it? And not Jansen Harkins. Well, it comes back to roles for me. First of all, Axel Janssen Fialbi is, is really fast compared to Harkins as yes. a skater. But um, again, you have to define your role in my mind. And Harkins, you know, he's not going to get into the top six. And if he's going to play in the bottom six, he has to score. He's got to provide the difference there because there are better penalty killers like Axel Janssen Fialbi. And, um, you know, Fialbi had 14 points in 50 games last year. What, what really did Jansen Harkins in, in my mind, is in 77 games, he had 15 points. And you need more production. Than, or sorry, he had 13 points. Yeah. In 77 games in 2021-22, he had 13 points. And then he came into camp and just was, you have to score if yeah. you're Jansen Harkins or produce. You yeah. don't have to score goals, but you have to produce. Um, and if you're not, then you have to kill penalties. And Fialbi, Jansen Fialbi is a better penalty killer. Axel is. Um, yeah. He's got more speed. He's got like, so you have to define yourself a role. Jansen Harkins is a good hockey player that doesn't have a role defined here. Mm-hmm. And I think what they want from him is some production. And if you're not going to get it, then they're going to go with guys who can defend better, check better, and yeah. kill penalties. Yeah. And the thing is, Jansen Harkins is a good hockey player. He's got 25 goals, 50 points in 44 games in the AHL. He can score at the AHL level, but he hasn't proven himself to be a guy that can score in the NHL level. And you know, Axel Janssen Fialbi only played three or four games with the Moose last year, and he got four points in those four games and three goals. So, I, I I'm not convinced that if Axel wasn't playing full time with the Moose, he wouldn't have a similar level of, of of production there. So it comes down to roles, as you said, Jim. That's the decision there. Uh, this texture says um, this was a, a pretty good one. Let me just. Um, let me find it here. Uh, this one, this is this texter says, I'm unable to join you on the air, but I would like to address the white elephant in the room that I haven't been, I uh, haven't heard discussed. Ehler size and place and style of play in the NHL has resulted in many missed games. My question is, should he be considered a liability for this reason? I love Ehlers, both his personality and his game, not fond of, uh, of course, his injury issues have to be honest. Should his future with the Jets be reconsidered? What do you think, Jim? Well, I don't. I wouldn't reconsider it, but we talked about this yesterday. So he's healthy again. I was more concerned if he wasn't going to start the year. So it looks like he's going to play Monday against Calgary, and and he's back with the regular skaters in a non in in a full regular contact jersey. Um, but I I think this is the season. Like I I think look, he's got two years left or three years left. Connor's got three. He's got Connor's two. got three. He's got two. So he's got two years left. I think it's a concern going into his last year of his contract. That's when I would look at the history of this. But you've there are GMs who you got to be healthy. And if you can't stay healthy, they will move on from you. I mm-hmm. don't know if that's the case with the Ehlers. Look, all this is designed around they need Nick Ehlers, and Nick Ehlers is a dynamic player. But Nick Ehlers needs to be on the ice. They need him. So I wouldn't make a move over it. But I would, after the next two seasons going into a contract year, start to go, okay, well... Like if he plays full two full years, maybe misses three games each year. If he plays eighty games the next two years, I think this is a mute point, and he was just unlucky. Yeah, yeah. It's but it's, if he misses twenty some games over the next two years again, it's a, it's a what have you done for me lately sort of league. 
Um, it definitely is. And each player is defined by the season that they had had, not the one that they have coming up. Um, and I, and I look at Nick Ehlers and a guy that's just missed a lot of time over the last little bit. Uh, do I think his value within the organization has, has gone down? No, I, I, I don't think so. I think he's still a really important and really valuable part of this team. They need him. Uh, they need him bad, man. They really, they really need him. So I don't think that, I don't think that his, his, his status with the team is, is gone down, but he has to stay healthy. I said this during the off season. It's a put up or shut up season here for Nick Ehlers. He has to become the forward that many continue year after year to project him to be. He has to hit that. It's, I don't want to talk about numbers. I don't want to talk about projections. I don't want to talk about the, the deep analytics of what he does. He has to put that. It has to show up on the stat sheet, not on the, not on the deep analytics and projections. It's got to be on the stat sheet this year. Well, and he's the analytical darling, right? Like his possession time, his zone time. It's got to show this. up on the stat sheet. I, it's got to be on the score sheet after every single game. Or I don't, I don't want to hear it anymore. I understand all of that from the analytical community. He's got to play. Yeah. Like we're we're in a debate two years ago about how much ice time he gets. Well, if you're not reliable, I I wouldn't go into a game like this when you're fully healthy and go. I'm going to limit his time because he might get injured. Yeah. I wouldn't approach it that way. But you have to be available. You you have to be on the ice. And then that's what I, I feel bad about last year for him was two games looked real good, and then he was off for months. And then when he did come back, as I've said yesterday or, or on the show this week, it took him a good month to get back up to speed. Yeah. And then you're down. So now like a two-and-a-half-month injury is actually three-and-a-half, four months of a six-month season. We got one text message, and this texter really wants us to talk about this subject. He has sent one, two, three, four, five, six text messages about this. The first one says, Jets need Kessel. Kessel. Phil Kessel should be a Jet. Sign him one year, one million. Do you know if he has a list of teams he will play for? Phil Kessel. Talk about Kessel. Well, where do you get a million? That's what. That's just the imaginary amount that no, Phil Kessel's going to sign. No, literally in the cap with the Jets, where do you get the million? You have to waive somebody. You have to move somebody. Are you going to move somebody to fit in a 37, 38-year-old? Ballparked. I don't know if that's his exact age. I don't hate the idea. Don't get me wrong. but um, So Phil Kessel couldn't get in the lineup on the Stanley Cup winning team. Yeah, exactly. And when he did get in the lineup, it was on the third line. So are you going to put Phil Kessel there instead of— He's 35. He's 35. Turns turns 36 very soon, October 2nd. I, I shouldn't say that. He played 82 games last year. He had 36 points. I'm sorry, you want a million-dollar player to come into the fold and score 36 points for you, if that? Maybe, and uh, and that's I the like situation. Phil. I just I don't know if he couldn't get in a playoff we're, game. We're, we're, getting, we're having a long conversation about the p- potential of losing Declan Chisholm or Logan Stanley if one of those guys has to go on the waiver now wire. Now you're going to have a conversation about losing uh, Gustafson or somebody on the waiver wire. Yeah, and then instead of to bring in Phil Kessel. I and then mean, Phil's is not going to be it? back next year. Is that worth it? That's what you have to ask yourself. Yeah. If Phil Kessel is a fit for this team, well, you're going to lose some pieces here, right? And it's come, you know, these are, these are people that the Winnipeg Jets would like to keep. So you got to balance all this up. Anyways, lots to get to today. It's a super day here at Chorus Entertainment. The Winnipeg Jets, pregame at four, puck drop at six, Jets, the last chance squad to make an impression in Ottawa. Take it on the Senators. Power 97. 97.5 in your Power FM dial. 97. Then the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And the Toronto Argonauts sold out IG Field. Sold out. Pre-game at 5. 
Kickoff at 7 right here on 680 CJOB. You can just stand outside IG Field, listen to the guitar riff. Flip, you know, in your car? Like that guy in the Foreigner song. <laughs> you got that fl- the dial, you go from AM to FM, just keep, if you do it really back quick, and forth, back and forth, back you and can forth. listen to both games at the same time. Yeah. Just a suggestion. Jim Toth? You want to you- put you on the spot? Who are you going to listen to tonight? Well, I have a job that says Jets at noon, so... I'll listen to the Bombers. Uh, Jim Toth, he'll take you all the way until... It's Doug Brown's birthday. You're not going to listen to Doug Brown's birthday. Thank you very much to Jeffrey Fortier. He's 74 years old today. You're not going to listen to him. at noon on 680 CJOB.